Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Kristen Smith, Pennsylvania editor for the Center Square. Joining me today is the Center Square's Pennsylvania reporter, Anthony Hennon. Anthony brings us several stories this week following up on the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. He actually spent a few days out in Western Pennsylvania and East Palestine for the Center Square, and he's been bringing us the perspectives of the people impacted in those communities. Anthony, what can you tell us about how people feel about the the response from state and local officials out there in both Ohio and Pennsylvania? I wouldn't categorize it as, you know, effusive praise. I would essentially look at this from righteous indignation and fury over a perceived lack of response to one that's cautiously endorsing what's been done, but is still waiting for more, especially when you're talking to residents in the area. What they really want to see and what they really want to hear is, um, one, they want to hear from and see state leaders more than they already have. You know, there, there's been, there's a big emphasis on they, they don't want to just see coming out of, from the governor's cabinet or other executive positions. They want to see the governor actually out here. They want to see their U.S. senators out here visiting and understanding their problems and their issues. They essentially, a lot of it, I think, is being made to feel that they're a priority after going through something that's really hurt the town, um, you know, the image, the broader economic consequences of the fallout from all this. And the other thing they really want is generally just more information and more testing being done. It's, of course, very hard to keep up with a lot of the things going on here um, and also seeing more testing of air quality of water quality, of, of soil quality. You know, I, I think in the beginning, uh, you know, air quality has been the one that's the, the uh, less concern at this point, simply because you can see the air quality monitors set up around town. Um, people aren't necessarily getting getting as sick as they were in the um, early weeks after the train derailment and when Norfolk Southern burned um, five tankers of vinyl chloride in a ditch. So it seems like at least on, on the air side, that's not as big of an emphasis, but now it, it's water and it's soil. The water tests are generally coming back fine. You know, there, there's been a lot of testing within a mile radius of where it happened in East Palestine, and that's slowly expanding out to two miles, three miles. Um, but there's still, you know, it, it's kind of mixed. A number of people are still drinking water out of the tap and that sort of thing. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of uh, demand for uh, water bottles. You're seeing a ton of water donations coming into the city. That's mixed. I, I think that'll take a while to see a lot of local confidence coming back to that. I mean, I grew up in Southeast Ohio across from DuPont. And when I was a teenager, there was a big controversy over DuPont releasing um, C8 into the water as part of a byproduct of some of the plastics being made. And so I had free bottled water for, I think, two years. And still, my parents back home don't drink out of the tap, even though you know the water's testing fine. But these are some of those long-run things that stick around. And I think we'll see the same in the area of East Palestine and then outside in um, Pennsylvania near the city. But I think also a, a big thing here has been soil quality and testing the soil, just because the way the sm- smoke from the burn-off spread out, um, you're not seeing as much soil testing yet. I mean, that's ramping up now. But you're also seeing delays where some of the soil testing, it takes a day or so to collect the soil and ship it off to a lab. But we're seeing a lot of delays at these labs to test it simply from a backlog of other other demands. Um, So I I think we should be seeing some soil sample testing results coming in next day or so. But there's still a, a long wait for that. And a lot of locals, they just don't really feel like state leaders or federal leaders are really proactively reaching out to residents to make sure their water and their soil is getting tested, but also alerting them to what's going on. Um, so I think those are those are sort of the high barriers here. 
one of the most interesting quotes from your store, one of your stories. It gave a lot of color to the to the distrust and to the the kind of feelings of residents on both sides of the border. You interviewed somebody who said that they wished their governor in Ohio was standing up to Norfolk Southern the way that our governor is. And I found that really fascinating. In fact, they said they felt like people in Pennsylvania were getting more attention than those in Ohio, which again, from our perspective over here, it seems to be the opposite. So it's really fascinating how this is being perceived and dealt with in the communities. And you actually covered a more the silver linings of this, a brighter side of this story that's come out of it that hasn't gotten a lot of attention and rightfully so given the the gravity of the situation. Can you talk to us a little bit more about some of the the bright things that have happened here? Yeah. So I think this is, um, you know, it, it's not that surprising where after a couple of weeks of reporters flowing into East Palestine in the area and just constantly bothering people to talk to them. I mean, you, you look at, you, you look at uh, one doctor's office on the main street down there and the sign is uh, patients only, you know, no, no journalists, no, nothing like that. You know, it, it makes sense that there's kind of this, this view of local residents where journalists have been vultures because they just kind of come in, get their quotes and take off. But on the bright side, I mean, you're seeing a, a large outpouring of charity coming in nationwide and internationally as well. I spoke with the, uh, the First Church of Christ in East Palestine about their kind of disaster relief efforts, and they've been coordinating a lot of water donations. Um, I mean, just some of the, the numbers they're giving me, um, they're giving out what was that, about 13 pallets of water to locals every week. One pallet holds about 3,800 water bottles. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of water coming in and being given out to residents. I heard stories of, you know, convoys being driven up from North Carolina, just full of water. Other, you know, engineering firms out in Florida donating water, cleaning supplies, animal feed, feed and farm supply outside Indianapolis donated several tons of animal and livestock feed, straw, hay, water, other necessities. They've received donations from, you know, Canadians, from Australians. So you've seen a lot of, you know, there, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of fury around the town, around the area. Um, by the same time, I mean, you're seeing all sorts of donations coming in from all sorts of people. There's still a lot of things to deal with, but it's at least uh, it's, it's a nice sign to see that, you know, other Americans who are completely disconnected from East Palestine still do care about what's happening. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Anthony Hennon, this is Kristen Smith. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. Freedom and liberty are important to all of us. If you're looking for civil, intellectual conversations with those shaping the future of freedom, try the Future of Freedom podcast with me, Scott Bertram. We speak with leaders across the country in the greater conservative and libertarian movements. In-depth conversations about where the next intellectual battles will happen across the country. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at americastalking.com or wherever you get your podcasts.